Welcome to another show of Don't Get This Twisted. I am Rob, along with my co-host as always, Tina. How are you doing, Tina? I am so good, Rob. So uh, good. I see that. That's, yeah. that's a plus. I got you my are, Harley yesterday. You are, you are vibrant. <laughs> my hair's all up in a bunch of clips because I'm drying it. <laughs> my makeup's not finished. I, I went to bed late. I bought my Harley yesterday and I don't even know how to turn it on by myself. <laughs> <laughs> well. But... I'm going to go out there and Google it and YouTube it and figure it out. And yeah, I, I mean, got classes coming up and stuff going on. Th- thankfully, a lot of that stuff's like electric starters. They don't have like. Yeah, have but there's so many buttons on this damn thing. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it was so overwhelming. I financed it because, you know, I I have to. And mm-hmm. um and. I, I was so overwhelmed by the time it was over. I didn't remember when they were showing me everything. I didn't remember everything. So I I got to, I'm going to have to work on it now. That's yeah. my next step. Fun, fun. But, but life goes on, right? Goes yeah, on. that's super fun. You're going to yeah. be all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I almost, I almost threw up yesterday doing it too. Uh, yeah. I didn't think I had, cause when I was married, I didn't really have any, any credit. I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. I always paid in cash. I'm a hairdresser. You know, I didn't worry about it. And, um, since, since the divorce, I've been trying to build my credit. My credit was up to 689 uh-huh. from nothing. So right. I'm like, Hey, huh? I'm That's growing good. up. That's right. <laughs> hey, look at me. I got, I got credit now. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I was yeah. able to get the bike and my my friend rode it home for me. And uh, I'm afraid to tell everybody about it. But, you know, nobody that I know really listens to the podcast. So <laughs> nobody that I worry about having something to say listens to it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is so odd to me. Like, I'm I'm shocked that like other like people don't listen to it. Yeah. Mostly, like, most of the people that, you know, close. None of the close ones, but I have, I have good friends that listen to it, but nobody that's like, well, none of, none of the guys in my world that would have right. to have something to say. Mm. Okay. Um, well, that's, yeah. that's good then. My girlfriends, they listen to me because they mm. think I'm a nut, but. Yeah, I hear you. I, I got a couple of friends that listen just because they want to hear the car accident. <laughs> The train wreck. Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's not say car accident because I'm going to be driving Harley now. Yeah. yeah. Actually train. Yeah. Train wreck. That's, that's a good, <laughs> a good way of looking at it. So, yeah. so, uh, this week we are going to. Are we do... talking about life going on? <laughs> Does life go on after a relationship and or death? I think that mm. they kind of walk hand in hand with, mm-hmm. with things that are punches in the face. Right. Yeah. Um, death's a little different, I think, because there's no really coming back from that. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to see how your life goes on, I think. And with a relationship, obviously, if it's something like marriage um, or you're in it a long time, it, it's does it really ever, you know, and I I don't even know how I meant that from the beginning. It's because there's so many ways you can look at it. Like life obviously goes on, but what is the repercussions of that relationship? You know what I mean? Well, like how long does it maybe um, affect you? Mm. And, and I think that that could be based on how long you were in a relationship, how long um, things were drawn out at the end. You have kids. You know, there's a lot of, I think, ways to look at it. Um, I was talking with somebody at work. I get a lot of ideas with the guys at my work because I mm-hmm. throw. I like to throw out things at them and go, hey, man, what do you think about this? And they'll go, oh, dude. All right. And I just kind of jot it down in the background or or go on my phone and, and leave notes for myself because I, you know, asking people around you for like, hey, what's a good show idea? They'll never come up with something, mm-hmm. but if you're, but in passing, you'll be talking about something. And the next thing you know, you, you, I'm like, Ooh, wait a second. I'm going to, 
want to tap that down a little bit and, and see if I can't um, put it into an idea. So for me, I thought, you know, let's go down that route and kind of see what we thought. Okay. Because we've, because we've both been in a marriage. So <laughs> obviously I've been out of mine quite some time. So for me, I think, does life go on? Yes. But I think there's serious repercussions to how you look at the next relationship or how long it takes you to really get back on the horse for real. I think short term, it's easy. Like, you just want to go out and start dating and you just want to go out and do these things to get yourself what you think is back on the horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's go do it. <clears throat> and I think short term, it worked for me. Like I was like, yeah, let's, let's date people. Let's do things. But then the longevity of that, I think kind of slows down when you think of the reality of, okay, I'm single. I have a kid, mostly in my case, what, you know, how am I going to handle that? Cause I think being a single dad, most dads get it easy. You know, they, you get out mm-hmm. of a relationship, you have plenty of time because is that easy though? Because the guys that I know that don't have their kids around them all the time really suffer in silence because they, they don't have their kid with them. They don't have their, their family unit. I, I agree with that, but I'm, I'm trying to look at the, the end of it. it's easier to do things <laughs> to get yourself out of that or replace what you're missing. For people who want to just go out and and bar hop, if that's your thing, to to try to find somebody, you know, I think it's easier when you don't have your child with you 24-7. For sure. Yeah. So I I think there's a way of getting out of that. Like for me, I went and played what the you would say the traditional mom role is after a divorce. I had my kid all the time. So I had very, very limited time. And in the beginning for two years. I was in Vegas where I didn't really know many people. So yeah, um, it was very hard to um, put myself back into that situation until I got back to California. So I, I started thinking, you know, what does life go on? I think it does to a degree. Uh, it, it might take a little bit longer or if you're damaged by a relationship, you know, I think even short-term relationships can do very hard damage to your to your psyche of of how you see yourself or you know um, how others see you, it, and then you start believing that part of it. Because I think mostly in women's cases, you know, guys, we try to shed a lot of shit off and and wear armor. Um, I think a lot of women will carry some of that much longer distance because um, the people I've seen around me, well, they'll take these things that have been said to them and they'll write it for years. Like you're not good enough or who's going to want you or these kind of things where maybe your life doesn't go on because you believed it for so long. Yeah. I think that's your first mistake as a woman though. You know, for for me, growing up with the women in my life, I was always told, you know, you're too loud. You're too uh, you, you're too much. You you need to calm down. You need to stay home. You need to take care of things. You need to do all these things. And I and I was I bucked the system the whole way. I'm like, wait a minute. I am home. I'm taking care of my kid. I'm doing things that I want to do. I'm not going to be miserable. I'm not going to sacrifice. There's no need. I I enjoyed raising my kid. So when I did that, I didn't feel like it was a sacrifice. That to me was a blessing because I didn't get to have kids. So I looked at it as this is this is the fun part of life. And I went through it in in total. I went to, you know, till she decided to run away. I did my part. She was already 18. There was no turning back at that. But it seems to me like my whole life, I've bucked the system and the women that were in my life that told me I couldn't be or couldn't do, couldn't say, couldn't act, couldn't wear, couldn't be. You're too much. You're too this. You're too that. To the point where I was like, 
fuck this. You know, fuck mm-hmm. this. We're going to have some fun. There doesn't need to be all this judgment, all this hate, all this, all this crap all the time. And I think that women, women, they get in a point where they're just a victim and, and they're not a victim. They need to put on their big girl panties, tell everybody to screw off and then be who they want to be. Okay. So I'm never going to be a size two. Got it. I'm never going to be the quiet one in the bunch. Got it. I'm never going to be the one that doesn't start a party. That's not my personality, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm bad or I'm wrong or I'm, I'm not enough. And, and that would be foolish to think that. So I think that women in relationships, they need to stop believing shit that's not true. And if it is true and they think it's that bad, change it, change right. it. So you're not, you're not stuck in a hole. I, I I don't, the whole victim role really bugs me. Right. Because I've fought my whole life to be who I am. Uh, look, I, I, I can see where people may, um, look, you start to believe things, the more they're pounded into your head and, Obviously, I think a lot of guys with the narcissistic behavior of a lot of them, they'll continue to to just hammer and hammer and hammer it in. Getting your way out of that is a whole other thing, even though maybe not playing the victim, but definitely. The problem is, is that when people say it too many times, everyone starts believing it. And I mean, everyone around you. So you you're you're getting pigeonholed back into that thing of. You know, how do I get myself out of this hole where, you know, this is bad things happen around you? Like this relationship failed, this relationship failed, this relationship failed, where I think you're right. You do have to take a little responsibility for yourself. A lot. Is it is it me? And I think I've had to do that mostly in the last, you know, couple of times that I've tried to make relationship work. Is it me? And. And I've definitely found things that I know, yeah, this is me and I have to either dial it back or stop Um, because maybe it is hurting things way more than I thought it was doing well. Mm -hmm. So but I also think you have to be yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're being yourself and the people around you can't handle that, it's really up to them. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you have to at some point you have to give the people around you the benefit of the doubt to understand who you are. And when they can't, it's time to go. You you need to find your own people too, people that love you, regardless of your flaws or what mm -hmm. they may find as flaws, because, you know, truly in this world for women, it's like, you're too fat. You're too this, you're too that you're, you know, you need this, you, you need that. You need to be home with your kids. Who, who's telling me that I have to do all that shit. Who's telling me I have to be that, you know, in dating, there's a lot of guys that like my size. Well, really, really? I I thought that I was too big. I was too tall. I was too, all these things. And now Really, it's not a problem. Oh, it was only a problem for the people that had a problem with it. Right. But but that wasn't my problem. And I didn't. Thankfully, I didn't take that on is my problem. I was like, well, this is who I am and we're going to have fun anyway. I, I think that's a bigger thing, you know, to continue to push your life forward or to move on. You have to realize who you are. Mm-hmm. and and be okay with it the the mirror is a fucking horrible thing sometimes and i don't even mean physically it's the mental mirror it's looking in the mirror and going okay these people told me this but i know i'm this how do i get out of that you and, get rid of the people that are saying uh, the stuff that you don't and i agree, agree. with it's kind of like, I mean, I'll use a, a probably a horrible way of getting to this analogy, but drug addicts, the only way you can get at clean is to get rid of the people around you that are still mm-hmm. using. <laughs> get rid of the toxicity that keeps yeah. you bound. And, and you can't, even if it's family, like I have friends whose moms during their marriage were horrible, just horrible or yeah. would would end up 
um, really kind of siding with the husband or siding with the wife. I have that in my family. And, and I was like, well, never really liked you anyway. Go ahead. But, but it's, but it's weird. It's like, I don't know. I, I've never had that at least on the surface. Like no one ever said it while I was in the relationship. It always came after, which I think I, I at least have to give respect. Like my mom after my marriage didn't, didn't really hammer my ex-wife, but definitely said a few things about her or, you know, I really never thought it would work. It's like, okay, well, I didn't either. I was yeah. like, wait, I don't understand. I knew you well enough to know that I, I just needed to be there for you and mm-hmm. love you through it. But the whole time I was like, no, nah, I don't. Nah. Right. But see, I, at least you, the respect of the people who didn't say it up front, because mm-hmm. I have, I have other friends whose moms literally like after the marriage was over sided with the in-law, which is, I mean, I, I guess if you agree with, with the person, and you think that your child was the one who was shitty, but it's like, you know, the story is always um, much deeper than the family ever knows. Oh, you know, absolutely. He, Nobody's in your marriage, but you and the person you're married to. And even if you're very, 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 very honest, like, you know what I mean? There's always something you hold back. I think my mom would have taken my ex's side. <laughs> If she was alive, she probably would have. She liked him more than me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, my mom, like my dad is very quiet. I couldn't, even after I got divorced, he was just like, well, time to move on. And was more of like the supportive, just like, look, you have to get on, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. Um, And not in a bad way. Like my my dad and my ex-wife, every time that they were in the same, they talked. And I don't think there was anything ever said. My mom, like I said, said things afterwards. I would say my mom would probably take my side 99% of the time. She should. She's your mom. But and that's just who she is. Like, I think mm-hmm. that, but my mom really never said anything about anyone I ever dated. It was just like, oh, good. This is what you're doing. Sweet. So I, there's something to that. Um, so there was no like. It was easier to at least get my life moving in a certain direction. I didn't have right. any, you know, I didn't have anyone going, well, maybe it was your fault and you did this and, you know, whoa, wait a second. So, you know, moving on is, I think in anything, much easier on paper. Oh, yeah. You know, because emotions aren't involved on paper. Yeah. And, and you might not think about something for months. and then one little thing hits or or i remember it would be i would be doing something and i'd be great and i'd hear a song and that would just it'd be like a punch in the nuts yeah and and it wasn't even about my marriage just someone else that i was seeing so like i'd hear something and go oh yeah it's this person and then it would mess me up for weeks like where i'd have to like try to go backwards and go, okay, well, you know, this is where your life's at, blah, blah, blah. You, you got to do that though. If you don't reflect on the past and things you've done, you could make the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. If you reflect and you look and you learn, then you're, you're going to hopefully make different mistakes next time, because let's just face it. Nobody's perfect. Mm. We're going to make mistakes every freaking time we make a choice. There's always going to be two different, three different, four different ways to look at things. But, you know, quit. I think people need to quit being so hard on themselves. And I also think people need to quit being okay being the victim. I, I, I do believe that if we don't start like looking at ourselves like, okay, so it didn't work out. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, it, it things get messy, mm-hmm. but who are you as a person? Did you learn? Are you acting better than you were before? Cause really that's what you should do. You should learn and, and try to be better. Not perfect. Not perfect. Fuck being perfect. Get that out of your system. It's not going to be. And if you've heard that you're this or you're that your whole life, who cares? Okay. So you are, if you are, so you are now what, 
Does it does it stop you from living? Should it stop you from living? Should it stop you from trying? Should it stop you from moving on? Absolutely not. Right. Well, I think what you're saying is a springboard to moving on, right? Is understanding who you are and look, even long relationships we we do grow and you should grow together and mm-hmm. and have the Werenthal to tell each other that you're changing and and hope that it works out but if it doesn't and you and you are leaving the moving on point should be okay if if someone got hurt for whatever reason you you have to make sure that you've um covered that base and go okay i see what i did this is what happened now I'm moving on. And the person who got hurt, it, you're right, isn't a victim. It, it's part of living your daily life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes bad things happen. You like getting cheated on. It, it's unfortunate. and But you shouldn't look at it as you're the one who screwed something up so they left. At, at the end of the day, it, it's the person's fault who did it. Um, the reasons could be lots of different things. I just think that hopefully you get out of this. The moving on thing is, okay, I got cheated on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why? Maybe look at it from the standpoint of who you are as a person. You know, why, why did it happen? It happened because of this, this, and this. Okay. So when I get into the next thing that I do, (laughs) I have to make sure that I have a person who isn't jealous understands that what happened happened because of this or whatever the, the things need to be talked about obviously i think to move on and friends and family hopefully are going to be there to talk you through it um and get you in the right direction it it's i don't think it's ever going to be easy that that's why i was like i hate when people go well you know life goes on well, it does, but sometimes it's a much slower pace than other others around you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it does suck that to have that one friend who is stuck where, you know, they haven't got over something and people around them are like, well, you need to just, you know, do this or do that. It, it, it sometimes isn't that easy. And well. I think it'll last as long as you want to torture yourself. Right. But, and I think part of that is getting whatever the help is that you really need. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't do that. They're afraid to go and talk to somebody or whatever the help part is that's going to get you to this next level of understanding that it's time to, to get in the, um, the fast lane again and move. And that, to try to look at a different life. I think that's the the part of, of moving on or, you know, getting through something is not looking saying, okay, in five years, I want to do this. Unless that's your thing. I that's, I'm not a fan of that, but going, okay, I know that when I was 18 and I'm 50 now, how did I get from, you know, the other bad relationships to where I'm at now? I think those are also things that you need to look back on of going, okay, well, I did get over this one and this was a pretty serious relationship when I was 25 and now I'm here and I made it. What did I do then that I can do now to get myself moving on? When, when I got divorced, it was during COVID. It was in the beginning of COVID. That's when we decided to split. I went radio silent. I didn't tell anybody that we were getting divorced for months, for months. There, there are people now that, you know, now that COVID's basically over or whatever, now we're allowed to go outside. Um, <clears throat> my family still doesn't know. I, I, I just wow. told, I told a cousin the other day and she was like, wait, what happened? And I'm like, oh, that's kind of old news. Let me think. <laughs> I, because for me, 
nobody was in my situation but me. And from the outside looking in, everybody thought that we were great. And in a lot of ways, we were great. But in some ways, we just couldn't keep it where we were both happy. And and so that's, you know, basically what happens. But Truly, when you're living your own life for you and you're doing what you need to do, you don't have to tell anybody. That was the first time in my life I didn't put everything out on the table for everybody to nitpick. And um, and it was I think it was a good thing to do, because if you don't tell people, they don't have an opinion. And so you don't have to worry about their opinions as you're coming out of things. Oh, yeah. And so for me, I found that to be very um it was hard because I'm a talker. I tell everybody everything. I'm an open book when it comes to, you know, whatever it is I'm going, what's going on in my life. But in doing that, I didn't have to hear everybody's, you're making a mistake. You got to make it work. You got to go back. Why would you do that? Why did this happen? Why? I didn't have any of that. So now when people hear like three years later, you know, wait, you're getting divorced. I'm like, no, I got divorced. It's over. He's moved on. I've moved on. Life is different. You know, um, it was, it was easier to go through not having everybody's opinions. I didn't know I could do that because that's not me, mm -hmm. but I, I did that. And, and very few people knew very few people know why it happened or what happened. You know, I didn't, I don't think everybody needs to know my business. That was my marriage. <clears throat> yeah. So if, if you have toxic people in your life or you have people that are going to condemn you for, for not being, you know, perfect, don't tell them Just stay away from them. You don't need to, you don't need to have negativity when you're trying to make a life changing event happen. You don't need to have them in your space screwing with you. Right. You just don't need that. And, and, and it's, it's already heart wrenching enough. You don't, you don't want somebody's negative crap on your plate. You just mm -hmm. don't. And so I found that I had to be a, a big girl and, and take it on the chin by myself and then tell people after the fact, I tell my cousin, um, she's super honest all the time. And I said, you know, sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is to, for permission. Mm -hmm. And she was blown away by that saying, cause she had never heard it. And now we say it to each other, like once a week, you know, like, well, it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission. Let's go have yeah. some fun. And, mm -hmm. uh, and life is easier because of it. Yeah. Because sometimes asking for permission is an anchor. Because yeah. people want to tell you why you shouldn't. And everybody's got something to say in getting the Harley. Everybody, my brother, that's the worst. That's the worst uh, idea you've ever had. And I was like, really, that's the worst. <laughs> I'm going to have to work on that. Yeah. You know, and then and then my dad's like, well, I don't know. You, sh you need to be careful if your mom was alive. I'm like, yeah, well, she's not. We yeah. don't have to worry about that either. Yeah. So. They didn't stop me. Oh, my brother tried to. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. But but, you know, I sent him a picture of it last night and he goes, I'll be over in the morning to see it. Yeah, you will. But right. yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know. Life life definitely goes on if you choose to live mm -hmm. and yeah. and you need to choose to live. I, I watched my mom. My mom at the end of her life was severely addicted to painkillers and muscle relaxers and pretty much anything she could get her hands on that were prescribed by a doctor because she wasn't a drug addict. You know, she uh, she didn't go out looking for drugs. She mm -hmm. got what the doctor dis, uh, sure. prescribed. So she was not a drug addict in her eyes. Um, <clears throat> but I watched her life. And in the life of like my aunt, who is just freaking bitter and they really did let other people dictate how they lived. And because of that, there was a huge portion of both of their lives that were so miserable. It, it really ate away at them to where they didn't they didn't live the life that they should have. And my mom, especially not my aunt, because she's an asshole, but. But my mom especially had a lot of life to live. You know, she really 
she was bold and she was wild and she was free in a lot of ways. And my dad never stopped her. He could care less. He thought he was entertained by her just like he's entertained by me. He's like, go do your thing, Tina. I don't care. Right. So I wish she would have been bold enough to take the risks and to do the things. She took some crazy risks. I'm not going to lie. But where she really could have, she was kind of um, stuck. And and I've decided, you know, through now that I've totally train wrecked my life and having to start all over from every direction, I decided we could be bitter and we could be frustrated and yeah, life is over and it's this and it's that. Or we could be like, well, that was that life. Let's make a new one. Right. And man, life is so short to be miserable. It yeah. just is so short. And watching my mom with, she was freaking bold. She was wild. She was, she would tell anything to everybody. You know, she just didn't, she didn't care in a lot of ways. But then if somebody judged her, man, that really shut her down. And I was like, how could you be so bold? Don't, why would that shut you down? Why? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But it did to her. I mean, she couldn't handle it. Right. And I think what you said is is very uh, poignant in the the thing of saying, just continue. Uh, maybe life goes on a lot of times. It's you know, don't get stuck in a in a rut. And mm-hmm. if you're bold, continue. And like everything, my mom was very much the same. Um, my mom, when she wasn't happy, got out of things and. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like she was married a bunch of times. So, you know, people kind of down people for that. Like, oh, man, she's been married like four or five times. Like, yeah, because when she wasn't happy, she left. Now, people could, you know, you can you can look at things either way or how you want to do it. But the people around you don't get to dictate your life. You do. And if you're dictating your life, maybe life will go on. It's just Absolutely. a matter Absolutely. It's just a matter of how, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and, and not to say that there's not going to be ups and downs, that there's always going to be ups and downs with moving on and, and getting somewhere. And I think the only way to make life go on is to sometimes be at the top of the hill in a go-kart with no brakes. Like you, Sometimes oh my God, that you, sounds like fun. <laughs> sometimes you just have to, you know, take risks and and some some fail miserably. <laughs> some mm-hmm. fail really bad. And and it's supposed to. Yeah. Well, because supposed you're supposed to. to get to the right place. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, you, I, you know, all the lessons I learned, I didn't learn from doing them right the first time. I learned from blowing it up, like right. seriously making huge mistakes and then having to live with it. And that to me is that if I look back, that was the fun part, though. You know True. what I mean? It's like it's, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. You it, don't have to be perfect any of the time. It's it's kind of like and again, I think getting over death is kind of a. a at least on a level of I, I see things, I try to see life as uh, very uh, like you have you lived. So if the person who like my mom, when my mom passed away, it, it, did it hurt me? Of course, because it's my mom. And mm-hmm. but then I backpedaled a second was like she was on oxygen 24 seven. She couldn't walk very far without blowing up and wheezing and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, she went to sleep and she died. So sometimes we'll be talking about um, things at my work and they'll be, something about moms will come up. And mm-hmm. like I thought people, you know, they, they got kind of quiet or people won't say anything. And and I try to make light of it. And like we were talking about something like, oh, man, I wonder what my mom would think. But oh, she's dead. And, <laughs> and 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 people like at first were like, and I'm like. Well, I can't change it. She's dead. Mm-hmm. She died. And and that's part of it. And that's and so but I try to be I try to I, I don't let other I don't do that to other people, though. Like, I don't say like if I know someone like the guy at my work, his dad passed away and but he doesn't make light of it or jokes of it. So I know not to. But I'll make I, I make jokes about my mom dying all the time because 
that's how I can keep her alive. And my mom had a very twisted sense of humor. So in my you case, are the apple to the tree. <laughs> yeah. So for me, uh, life went on from her death because I tried to see the positives in it. You know, her yeah. and I mean that by her being sick. Like, it's yeah. not like she was healthy and went to sleep one night and died. That would probably have hurt me more because then I, I would have, you know, I would have thought more like, man, you know, what the hell? Like, it, that's just kind of odd. And in my case, you know, I did talk to her recently, so I didn't have that weighing on me. I think mm -hmm. that's the bigger thing with with being able to move on with lots of things, but death for sure. If you hadn't talked to somebody in a year and they died, yeah, I would probably be a little more gutted. But mm -hmm. I talked to my mom not too long before and and she had told me she wasn't feeling well. So when I heard, I was like, oh, OK. This, this and this. But so I, I think it's two, two, uh, two totally different things of how you move on from a relationship and how you move on from death. You know what I mean? If you, you have know, to. Or you find the you you find the haha in both of them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. For for me, I my one of the things that my friends say I say all the time is, well, if they're not dead, anything could happen. You know, <laughs> give life time, like because the only final thing is death. Like everything right. else is up for grabs. It really is. So. You know, um, when friends break up with with lovers that they've had and they're like, oh, well, I'm never going to see him again. I'm like, yes, you will. He didn't die. Right. You know, we're put on this earth in the same, you know, we run same circles. Basically, mm -hmm. you're going to see a person again. It's 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 inevitable. You'll be at a grocery store. You'll be you know, I've been on vacation and seen people I hadn't seen since I was like seven or eight. Right. So, I, I, you know, nothing is Nothing is absolute except death. Right. But there's something that's really powerful in that, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, for instance, my brother told me, "Ooh, if if mom was alive, she'd kick your ass for getting this motorcycle. And I said, well, good thing she's dead because right. I would have got an ass kicking. It's not going to stop me from being who I am. I just would have got an ass kicking. So mm -hmm. it's like, do do you do you worry about things like that? You shouldn't. You just shouldn't. You should. Man, we're watching my mom. She got to live to be 59 years old. She didn't even hit 60. Both of her brothers didn't hit 60 either. They both died at 59. Wow. Like, I worry about getting to 59 and right. not being happy at like, to me, that's kind of like my dead point at 59. Okay, like. Let's see how happy I could be until I hit 59 because my mom wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be the one that teaches my niece and nephew or or all the kids that I love in my life, all my friends' kids, to be unhappy until I die. I, I was just telling my dad this morning, I want to be the one that when I die, they'll say, man, she loved the hell out of us. We had so much fun together, right. but she was wild. She lived. She was free. She was who she wanted to be every day. And mm -hmm. she encouraged us to be who we wanted to be every day. And I really try to do that because I learned from my mom being unhappy. Mm -hmm. And man, if you guys could listen to me and learn that lesson and, and be happy and do things as, as you wish and how you want and be, leave the example that you want, not who somebody says you need to be or that you are, or, or let them tell you that you're not good enough or you're not this or not that. I was told that shit my whole life. So I was the super kid got, had to get straight A's. I had to be better at softball. I was the ultra girl scout. I, I was the girlfriend that did everything for, for the boyfriend. I shit, I did everything to make everybody happy to prove to them that Nothing that none of my shortcomings were going to stop me. So I kind of had a little bit of a bold outlook anyway. But now that I'm older, I'm like, well, shit, now I want to make me happy. I tried making all you happy and I couldn't fix that. I could be as perfect as I could. Didn't make you happy, but I'm going to show you how I could be happy because mm -hmm. I could do that and and be that person. Move on. Let go. And, and I think that will be the cornerstone of 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 being able to say like life does go on it does yeah. <clears throat> it uh, does 
it, it's just how you, you know, some of us take baby steps and have to go through more turmoil before you get to where you need to be mm-hmm. or before you're apt to see the light. You know what I mean? Um, I was just talking with someone today, actually, and we were talking about just that and like relationship wise, how, you know, this guy it's funny, the guy at the dog park. He was just talking about his relationship and how he's unhappy and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't know how to get out of it. And I was like, mm, tell her to leave. Like, you have to man up sometimes and and do it and vice versa. Because he'll never he'll never be able to move on. Mm-mm. Because and, and how long does he want to be happy in this unhappy in this life? Yeah. And and he's been with her four years, I guess. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. How to get I don't care if you've been there 30 years. If you're <laughs> I watched my dad. So when my mom was at her worst, I was like 18. We were going through something I can't remember. But mm-hmm. my brother and I sat my dad down and said, look, you could leave. You don't need to be treated this way. You don't need to have these issues. It's and my brother, too. Why do you stay, dad? You don't need to. And my dad was like, well, I made I made. Uh, a promise. I have an obligation. Mm. And, and my dad and I were just talking about the same conversation this morning where my brother said, shit, I ain't going to make that up. You know, that (laughs) an obligation and I won't either. And then my dad said, but I, I, I I feel like I did the right thing because that's what I said I was going to do. And he's very much a man of his word, but he said, how much baggage did I put on you and your brother? And me for for putting up with that. Maybe yep. she'd be alive longer if we had gotten out of her way. And I said, well, we were really good at. At covering up her drama where, you know, we we enabled her is what we did. But I said, there's also we also learned a sense of loyalty, like we weren't going to let anybody get one over on her either because she was sick and she did have a problem mm-hmm. and we did do what we have to, we had to do to be loyal to her. I said, but now we could just be honest. Now we could just be honest. You mm-hmm. you don't have to be in that same situation. You could, you could get up tomorrow, go see your friends, go out to lunch. You could get in the car and go somewhere. You could get in a plane and go somewhere. Dad, like now is your time to live. Do it. Mm-hmm. He's having a tougher time. They were together 42 years before she died. But, um, what do you do with that? Yeah, you you take in his case, uh, he's been taking baby steps for a long time. I think at the end of the day, you have to make a commitment to yourself. Absolutely. And if you can make a commitment to yourself, regardless of how long it takes, you'll get out of it. But you also have to understand that at whatever age you are, time isn't working with you. It's working against you. So to to move on or to for life to really go on, make a commitment to yourself to be who you want to be and do what you want to do without it, you know, um, being a issue to the people that are close around you. And I mean, like family that's still in the same house, like obviously if you have small children, you have to know that life can go on and they'll be okay. The, like my kid, you know, I, I look at the future of like, my son won't be with me forever. So I have to make sure that I'm going to make myself happy, you know, oh yeah, from here on out. So uh, I need to make decisions for myself with him involved, but he's going to have to make his own decisions in the next 10 years anyway. And so, it's an obligation that a parent has to teach a child to be happy and to mm-hmm. live for themselves and to love themselves and to love life. It's your sure. responsibility. Yeah, because they'll see when it's time for you to be happy, they won't complain. Yeah, they'll they'll understand why you wanted to, you know, date the crazy woman. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'd ever understand that one, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I look at like my kid, he'll, he'll, he's young. So there's a revolving door of young girls that he's talking to mm-hmm. and I'm trying to give him a little cornerstone of things like he'll talk because 
he's very brash and he's like, oh, whatever, I'll move on. And there's always somebody else. I'm like, okay, that's a good way of looking at it. But you, you have to try to be a better person. And, but I never judge the people around him. If I don't like the girl he's with, I go, okay, it's not, I'm not in the relationship. So I, I don't have to understand it. And I and think, I think that he'll change when he finds somebody worth changing for in his eye. That's correct. when it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's all of us. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think so. But I also think that it's not my responsibility for who he dates. He has to find his own happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some of the best stories we have from being young involves somebody we should not have dated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very very true. (laughs) Very true. Yeah. It's rarely about the people you should have dated. Yeah. It's always about the ones that people were like, yeah. Or or things things you learned from those, those things. Right. Like the one that I know you would talk about with me, like she ended up in a weird place as well. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, I haven't talked to her in years, but. I'm assuming that her situation probably isn't any better. So, you know, but she's complacent for whatever reason. And if she's happy, great. If she's not, time is of the essence. Mm -hmm. So she needs to have her life go on because, you know, know, happiness is is a weird thing. And Mm -hmm. look at you, like happiness is a Harley. Today it is. Yeah. Tomorrow it may be something else. Exactly. But I, I'm really finding happiness in just life in general, in just being present and, mm-hmm. you know, doing things with people that make me happy. And not not I'm not saying that they that I'm catered to in any way. Like people that I just enjoy being around their energy, you know, and if if I could be around them, I'm gonna take every last minute that I can because I do know what it's like to look miserable and be miserable and live miserably. And I don't want that for anybody. I, I watching that with my mom was really hard because she was such a badass. Like she could have had so much fun. We could have done so many things and I felt like in a way she gave up on herself, but I know pain is, is a terrible thing too. Like you can't, You know, it's, it's almost like a a reoccurring nightmare all day, every day. And, and Mm -hmm. so I know where she, where she struggled, but at the same time, I don't have that pain. I don't, I don't want to learn her lesson. You know, the struggle doesn't need to be so real. Correct. So you, you have to be, you just have to find a way to make yourself happy in anything that you do, anything. Correct. You know, going to work isn't making me happy these days. People are freaking driving me insane with their hair, mm-hmm. doing stuff, wanting me to fix it right then, right now. That doesn't bring me joy. So I had to say, look, I don't fix other people's fuck ups. Right. You know, I, I don't like to do that. I'm going to charge you $500 just to sit out of my chair. Is that what you want? Because at $500, I'll be happy doing your hair. Right. But that's, you know, I didn't do it. You, you. Go to Sally's again, pick up a shit ton of stuff that you really wanted to use on your head, go ahead and use it and then deal with the consequences because that's not my job. Right. And so taking control of what you'll accept is a good is a good example of what needs to be done to be happy. I I agree. I I think there's something to like for me, uh, I'm doing my best not to say all the crazy statements anymore. Like, is it it is what it is or life, you know, life goes on. No life moves forward, but you have to dictate it Mm -hmm. Uh, to me. When people say life goes on, it means that you're not trying to, you're, you're not driving the car. The car just drives and it does whatever it is. And, and that's not how life should work. You should be in control of it. Life doesn't go on. You drive it. It is what it is. Isn't real either. Because if you're saying that you're not driving the car as well. I don't know. I think life does go on. Like every day is a new day. There's always it doesn't matter. I remember when 9-11 hit and the towers went down and the fear that everybody had back then. And and that first day seemed like it went on forever. It was all over the news and everybody watched it. Life stopped that day. But the next day, the sun came up 
it was a new day. They had to deal with looking for people and, and cleaning debris and stuff. And then the next day came life in itself does go on every single day. We're until it, it doesn't until, you know, that was our last breath and we're gone, but life does continue. What we do in our life is another story. We could, we could choose to sit and pause for years mm. and many people do, or you could press play and start to rebuild and start to go on. And that, that truly has to happen because every day that sun is, I'm hoping going to come up <laughs> and, uh, and that's a, that's a chance to do something different, whatever it is. I, I don't think we can end it on anything better than that. Well, thank you. And well, thank you. You seem to be the the end all on the on the speeches. So I'm the bump bump. <laughs> bump 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 bump. Yeah. It and it's actually time to stop uh, recording. We See, our, I need I time, need to start hitting yeah. this at near the end of when it, we need to. We ask. Warning! 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 Oh for Jesus! When, you for, just made me jump <laughs> for for when our time's up. Anyway, uh, make sure to check out our social medias because we didn't tell you to do that in the beginning. Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, all that stuff for any updates. And uh, soon we'll be doing uh, a bonus, a couple of bonus show ideas. One is going to be on like 20 questions for our friends. Those will be, I'm sure, a hoot and a half because I have some very bizarre questions that we're going to throw in between some normal ones. Um, on the flip side of that, make sure you go and check out uh, wherever you listen to this Apple, Spotify. Make sure you follow, share. Give to your elderly parents and let them laugh at us. <laughs> Anything else you got to say? Or, or not. Anything else? Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Continue to listen. We'll be here next week. And uh, I'm going to go learn how to turn on my Harley now. Very nice. <laughs> I, I would tell you what we're going to have on next week, but I, I only did four shows ahead. So I got gotcha. you. Oh, well, we'll do it next we'll time. Figure but, it out. But we'll have it figured out. <laughs> All right, darling. Anything else? That'll do it. Nice. We're going to end this at 5150 almost. That's a crazy time. All right. Until next week, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.